This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. What is going on? What's going on since we last recorded <laughs> is Skyline is now the sponsor of, uh, almost said Paul Brown, Paycor Stadium. Yep. Big news. It is big news. And I'll be completely honest with you. It did have me thinking yesterday when it was announced on Wednesday. We're recording on a Thursday. I was wondering how long the Gold Star contract was. Did they buy him out and say, you know what, we're going big with Skyline? Because a lot of people, they have their preference. Some people like Gold Star, but the majority of Cincinnatians and people when it comes to that chili taste, it's Skyline. So I want to know about the contract details, to be completely honest with you. I always show them player contracts, never uh, sponsorship contracts. What, Which... Do you have a preference or are you a, a non-denominational Cincinnati chili enthusiast? I'll say this. Skyline is the only chili company to send me free gear and gift cards. So oh, why haven't I got that? I, I, I'm a, I'm a, no, I, I do love Skyline and nothing against Gold Star. It's fine. I mean, if it's there, it's there. I've had it plenty of times in the press box because they do have – what's funny is – the Bengals media room during games, they have Gold Star out there. But when the away media is there and the way broadcasters are there, they always think it's Skyline at halftime. But it's been Gold Star for 21 years, and it just cracks me up. Uh, but it's those hot dogs and spaghetti, that, that's totally fine. They, I wouldn't say they're similar, but, you know, some everybody has their favorite chili. I will say Skyline's my favorite, okay. but, I, but I eat Skyline without cheese. Whoa, whoa. All right, what's your order? What is this order? It's very simple. Um, you a Greek I, salad person at Skyline? I'll judge you a little bit. You know what? I like their Greek salad. And I wish I could bring over the oyster crackers, Skyline oyster crackers that I have in my kitchen. And I have hot sauce, which is absolutely – I, I had it before the announcement. I just love it as a snack. Um, but my go the hot sauce on the oyster crackers? Because I do that. Oh, okay. I, I do time. that too. I do that too. Such a great snack. Um, and then my spaghetti, I just get the spaghetti, uh, the medium chili spaghetti, and that's it with the chili on it. Okay. No hot dog? I do like the hot dog. But if you put chili on it, it gets a little soggy. I'm not really, really bit. into that. So what yeah. about you? Oh, I, I'm a regular three-way with cheese uh, and usually just one coney. If I'm feeling it, I, I mean, I'll go two conies or something. Or if we're with people, the, the chili cheese fries are underrated. I don't think people talk about them enough. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, like they're they're pretty good fries, and obviously it's the chili and the cheese. So uh, yeah, I, I like Skyline a lot. I, I'm not a local, so I mean I've been to Skyline a lot in my life, somewhere upwards of forty times, which is a lot for somebody who's not local. We have Whoa. there's one in um, Cleveland area, Akron area, actually. And uh, that was the closest I ever was to a Cincinnati local was I lived right outside of Akron for six months while I was working. And uh, yeah, that that drove the number up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, people from out of town, they they hate on it and they'll be like, I don't get Mm -hmm. it. Why do you guys like your chili so much? But I think it's I think it's good. Uh, I'll probably get some on draft night. Bengals draft night. We'll have a pod that night, so maybe I'll, I'll get some Skyline for a draft night. But, yeah, I was more intrigued about the, the contract details. I want to know more about that stuff Did they? because this is a big deal. And I think, you know, kind of going into the contract extension talk, which I want to get to in just a little bit, but 
I do feel like you up your sponsorship with this big brand. Um, we've already talked to Paycor last year and then just the different gates that they've worked with with other sponsorships. All that goes into these contract extensions. So if Skyland's paying more money, then Skyland's number one. And, and I'm totally here for it. But yeah, huge news. Unexpected news. I, I when, when talking about contract ex contracts in general, I, I didn't think Skyland was going to get ahead of Joe Burrow and T Higgins mm -hmm. or Logan Wilson extension talk, but we're here. You saw uh, uh, DJ reader skyline collaboration might be coming out. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. The players, I think, cause they had to do like all those gold star uh, social media posts from, from previous seasons. I think BJ Hill wants some free chili, get DJ reader out there. I think you're good with your content with skyline and the Bengals. So that's going to be really fun to see, but no, I love it. So yeah, skyline's a thumbs up for me. Uh, but yeah, no chili or no cheese on it. And I, people hate me for it. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on it to Duke Tobin. Yeah. Well, we heard from Duke Tobin today. I call him the GM, uh, you know, director of player personnel, but pretty much plays that GM role. He talks a uh, week before NFL draft week every single year. And, um, you know, nothing against Duke, but nothing too crazy or revealing. And that's just the way it is when it comes from a front office or GM member right before the draft. He did joke. He told Paul Daner, hey, if you could tell me the 27 people correctly in front of us and who they're going to take i'll let you know who we're taking at 28 um but he's like if you can't tell me that then i'm, I'm not going to be able to tell you where we go his biggest takeaway was they're going to go best player available and we've talked about that for months it's a really good decision to make besides quarterback or a punter no offense to punters or people too um the, the main focus will be the best player available on their board when they get to number 28 uh did you see any of duke's comments today or, or think of anything you know that really felt revealing at the press conference uh well i think the the one thing that i i think was significant is uh, there was a rumor T. Higgins may have been extended, and it did not feel that way at the press conference where he said, uh, I'm working like heck to get it done. Does not feel like it's a pretty much a done deal. <laughs> so, ah, rumor season. But uh, maybe they are close. Maybe it's close, but it's clearly not done just yet. T. Higgins is in Cincinnati right now. Oh. And he has been in Cincinnati for the last Maybe few days. He just hasn't signed. Oh, a few days. Okay. Well, he probably would have had time to sign the dotted line. <laughs> say about 24 to 48 hours, T. Higgins has been in Cincinnati. So um, he is here. And, um, you know, that's extremely important. I know they're having their off-season workouts. I don't look too much into the players not being there for off-season workouts because it is a voluntary thing by NFL teams. You see it all the time. Uh, most of the guys will work out where they currently live with their other trainers. Uh, but yeah, he, I can confirm he's here. Um, he's actually posted that he's been in Cincinnati. So this isn't any news to tell anybody. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Again, one of the things when it comes to contract extensions with the Cincinnati Bengals, they won't give you a clue until it is complete and the player is signed on the dotted line. So, um, you know, what's happening behind the scenes, we'll, we won't know, especially with Joe Burrow's camp um, and the Bengals front office. We've already heard Katie Blackburn say that's going to be a vow of silence um, until they do have something to announce. So, again, maybe I'm looking to be a little more optimistic on the side of extensions and, you know, listening to these press conferences and, and nothing confirmed because when the national media does put it out there, I think a lot of people will buy in and be like, oh, it's definitely happening. Uh, you know, they did extend these guys. But for me, I just I think it's going to be stuff that gets done before camp.
And um, they do have a couple months to, to work those deals out. And hopefully they do. You want to go into camp and you just want to focus on the season. Uh, we don't want to go in. And, and the thing is, I hate using even Jesse Bates as a comparison because Jesse was fine. I mean, he wasn't, he was just like, hey, like, this is what I want. And, you know, he set out those workouts and, and, he, and he showed up in time for the regular season. So I, I'm, I'm not looking too much into it being a problem or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I'm optimistic about the extension stuff. Yeah. Uh there's optimism still for me. Um, it, just a tiny bit of cold water. Yeah. Just like, a, you know, <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> None of these are yeah. done. But uh, yeah, the, there, there's still optimism. I think it gets done. I'm more on the side it gets done than it doesn't get done. And I think I was 50-50 heading into last year. So it'll be interesting to see what, exactly what happens. It seems as if they're very interested in extending him. They have made a lot of comments there's been a lot of posts about him etc that indicate he is a cornerstone piece of the team and i mean worst comes to worse it's still two more years because you have to factor in the franchise tag they're not going to let him walk for just a third round comp pick this year like that could happen after the franchise tag you're really hoping you franchise tag him and extend him during that window so you don't even need to pay the franchise tag but it is what it is uh i think t higgins is extended if not there's two more years like we have talked a lot about these next two years i think are the biggest this Bengals team's window will be for quite a while um because right now they can spend a lot of money and they won't be able to once the Burrow extension really kicks in, once the Jamar Chase extension really kicks in, um, and any other extensions like that, plus T. Higgins making real money like in a franchise tag. What's wild about it all, because the contract money is going to continue to get insane, wide receiver money, cornerback money. And, you know, if the Bengals are able to get that done with T. Higgins and Joe Burrow this offseason, you do focus on Jamar Chase. I, I want it to be a solo focus next year, at least for that high number of a wide receiver. They're going to have other guys they need to extend, but he's going to be your number one priority going into the following season. So it's going to be crazy to look at how much that number changes when the Joe Burrow, if T Higgins gets extended, what that's going to look like compared to other teams that are going through it. You could even use the Trevor Lawrence comparison, what number he'll get the following year. Um, but the number's only going to go crazy insane uh, for, for those position groups. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think going into the off season, I didn't know. I, I felt like T Higgins definitely going to be back obviously for 2023. And then I did kind of feel the franchise tag for the following year if they didn't extend him. Uh, but I'm feeling a little more optimistic that's going to happen. So maybe I have a little patience, but I'm going to move on to Jonah Williams because Duke Tobin was asked about Jonah and he said, Jonah, he's a member of our team. He's a valuable member of our team. And if that changes, you guys will be the first to know. But right now that hasn't changed. All right. Uh, I mean, what's the word for GM speak? Is it just GM speak? GM speak. <laughs> yeah, GM speak. speak. We learned nothing. Uh, we know Jonah's not that happy. We know that they're going to probably keep him unless they get a good offer. This changes none of that. I, I, I think, do you, do you think they're more willing to move him? I saw a question that was asking what his uh, value in a draft in the trade market is and we can answer that later but do you just think they're more willing to trade him if they get darnell ray at 28 or dewan jones at 60 i think draft weekend is going to be really telling and and i do i think if you're able to get a guy in the first two rounds 
for that right tackle rule, right tackle rule, then yeah, you're willing to kind of maybe go down on your price and maybe Jonah Williams is gone on Saturday and they find a draft partner for him. Uh, but I, I think it really does depend on what their draft board looks like. Look, I think the Cincinnati Bengals feel like we they hold the cards. They're like, you, you're you're not going anywhere. Um, you're either going to play or not going to get $12 million or if we can't, I mean, if that's if they can't find a trade partner. Uh, so you're, they're just going to play their game until they find the best match for a trade partner. And I just, I don't know. I, I think after, if we get into draft weekend is finished up, I'll probably feel like Jonah Williams is going to be on this roster to be completely honest with you. Yeah, that's where I am too. Even, I think even if they do draft, maybe not in the first round, but if they get a right tackle in the second round, I think they might still just keep Jonah Williams because I think they are higher on him than most other teams are. So they're going to want like real value in return. And I'm not sure every team wants to return high value because there are deficiencies. It's just the shorter arms and the lack of strength. And that's not nothing against him. I still think he's a fine player and still has potential to be a good player. It's just some teams are very strict about that stuff. So it's just going to, they'll see him as a guard and they're not going to want to pay so much for a guard. There's only so many teams that are going to see him as a tackle and a left tackle at that. Uh, yeah. Where I am on it is just, I don't think it happens. I think he's going to play for the Bengals. Will he play a right tackle? Eileen. Yeah. At least I think he's going to, you know, push to start there, but I do. There is a wind. There's a possibility that, he just says no to right tackle, and he just rides the bench. It's in his right. He he doesn't have to. Uh, I don't know if that would help him monetarily in the next contract, but it is within his rights. So he could just say, no, I'll be the backup left tackle. Or he could even hold out, but I don't think he'll do that. Yeah, I don't I don't think he'll hold out. Um, I, still, I still see Jonah Williams showing up. And, you know, maybe there's more conversations happening behind the scenes. Zach Taylor talked to the media on Monday and he pretty much said they're going to keep those conversations private. And I had no problem, Zach, saying that again. That could be coach speak. Uh, he's not going to go out there and tell the whole media, hey, this is actually what Jonah Williams said to me. This is what we told him. Um, that stuff is always going to be behind closed doors and, and we won't know it until um, unless I guess Jonah Williams would ever want to speak on it. But I just I'm, I'm leaning towards we'll get to draft week, which is a week away. I'm so thankful. <laughs> and then we'll really get a, a feel for for where this team probably is when it comes to Jonah Williams and maybe a trade partner. Uh, but, yeah, I, I want to see pick 60 for them. And, and where they go, because I still don't think they go offensive line at 28. Duke Tobin mentioned best player available. Uh, one of the things we've been really pretty much preaching on this podcast for the last couple months, no real surprise that they do, you know, they can go that way. They do. They have a roster where they can, they can, you know, avoid quarterback, avoid, I've joked, a punter. Maybe you get a free agent punter or undrafted free agent punter or get one late in the seventh round. But for them, it's just defense offense any of those players available on their draft board so yeah it's so hard to predict what the Bengals are going to do because there are 27 picks in front of you what happens and like if this was the texans podcast much easier much easier to try to predict what happens for the texans i mean i guess i I guess it's not easy but at least i don't know what they're doing (laughs) that's fair maybe i should say the panthers if this is the panthers podcast much easier i still think it's easier even with the texans though you're like 
they're going to trade out. They could take a quarterback, probably Stroud, if it is one of those guys, or they take what they think is the best defensive player. Uh, and there's, you know, everybody available. With the Bengals, it's like, who's available? <laughs> because that changes everything. Uh, so there's going to be, I think there's some favorites for the spot. We've talked a lot about them. We'll talk more about them. But uh, the, it's hard to predict because you don't know what happens. Some guy could fall. Some guy could get taken that the Bengals were also high on and you were expecting. Like, say, Mayor, Forbes, Wright, they're all gone. It just quarterbacks weren't taken. This happened last year. I, I know people think it's crazy that the quarterback's not taken. One quarterback got taken in the first round last year. And around this time last year, I still remember they were saying – I think it was still this time, like a week. It might have been more like two, three weeks before the draft. They were still saying, ooh, the Lions, they might take um, Malik Willis at like third overall or wherever that was, like top five. It was still it was still like that was the rumor. And I don't know. I haven't looked at the quarterbacks. So I don't know anything about them. But it wouldn't shock me if, a quarter, if quarterbacks fell or more quarterbacks went and then guys drop. It's the draft. This is so unpredictable. If it was very predictable, you know how much money you can make at Vegas? If you think he's for sure going in there, go and look up the lines on these guys because they have like over-unders on when they'll be picked and bet your money. I'm not betting mine. <laughs> I mean, I'd be on FanDuel right after this podcast if I knew. <laughs> That's for sure. I'd be putting the money up and, and know what the future pick for, for the, the number two pick, at least in the NFL draft. But let's go ahead and get to the mailbags next. Again, a week from the NFL draft. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Our little doubleheader Thursday mailbag. Plenty of draft questions. We'll go ahead and get to them. Jamal Kemp says, if the Bengals draft Jameer Gibbs, how does he fit into this offense? And what does that mean for Mixon? We've talked plenty about the running back room, but just in case you missed those podcasts, Mike. What would Jameer Gibbs bring to this offense? The pros, guy you could check that ball down to, and you're probably getting explosive plays at a pretty high clip. I compare I, the common comparison is Alvin Kamara. I just think that's he. It's not bad, but I think the better one is C.J. Spiller back when he played for the Bills, and C.J. Spiller was good, uh, but he's not a full time guy. Uh, that is true of both Kamara and Spiller. You know they don't. They never got, at least I don't think they ever got 300 carries in the NFL. Kamara gets a ton of targets and catches, but he wasn't, he's still not Larry Johnson <laughs> running that ball or anything, uh, Rudy Johnson. But um, so that's where you see that is just in the passing game, a weapon, a guy you can dump the ball off to, and he's going to make a guy miss. He's got high, high end speed, good hands, although he did. It stuck in my mind because I don't watch college football much, and I watched Alabama versus I want to say it was Tennessee, and he dropped um, a clear first down on third down, like to end the game, and I believe Alabama lost that game. Yeah, because Hendon Hooker hit a deep shot and they kicked a field goal. Yeah, so that that sticks in my mind. Although I think he has good hands. I, I think that was just an aberration. Um, overall, receiving weapon home run speed game changer in terms of 
how defenses may defend you. That's what you're hoping for. Uh, and I think you could take advantage of a lot of the fronts and coverages that the Bengals see. The con, the, I don't want to say cons, but I will say they probably need to feature the running back more in the passing game if they're going to draft him at 28 because, or a trade down, but they're, they're not getting him at 60. So probably do you feature him more in the passing game more than they do right now. More screens maybe, although they're not great at those. Maybe just have more choice routes, more Texas stuff, more just something to get that guy, use his change of direction, use his receiving ability. And then I don't know if he's a clean fit for their current run game in terms of the gun gap stuff. I, th- I see him more as a guy that really reads open field well, rather than reading the big bodies and leverage of the inside and tight quarters well. So that's one thing I think you would have to find a way to get him into the open field on the perimeter more than you do run him between the tackles. And they didn't really do that with Mixon or P Ryan, but at the same time, that's because those guys are better on the inside. So if you get him, you have to change the offense a little bit to really maximize his potential. It's a very exciting pick. I can't think it's going to be BPA at 28. I just, I I am not a full on like running backs don't matter. I was fully aboard Bijan at 28, but that's because Bijan is a better. That's the one thing is just, he, he's not a pass protector, at least right now. And a lot of it's size, but sometimes he has lapses and the technique's not there. It's it's tough because then you run into the issue. Mixon's a great receiver, but he can't pass protect. Who's on the field? Need to win it. Super Bowl, two-minute drill. Samaj P. Ryan. So is it is are you going to go Zeke, Mixon, Gibbs or something like some crazy backfield like that, which sounds awesome. And Gibbs is the most explosive guy. And I still think in the playoffs and two-minute drill, it would probably be Zeke out of those guys that's on the field just because they trust him the most in pass protection. All right. Well, I, I just feel like it I feel like if they were looking at their BPA and there was a running back on the board and Bijan went. I, I still feel like Bijan's gone in the top 15, but I could be wrong. Anything could happen on draft night. I think if you were if they were going the Gibbs route because all of their other BPAs are gone, that they will not be picking on Thursday night. They will move early into the second round. It does, That's just it does take two to tango, and we learned that from John Ross. We did. And the thing is, Duke Tobin, again, I'm saying he didn't really say too much in his press conference, but he was asked about that. You know, are you open to moving from 28? And he's like, yeah, I mean, of course, if the if the opportunity presents itself, this team will, will make the best move possible. And I, for content reasons of the podcast, I really hope they draft on Thursday night. That would be really great because an extra day of no pick on the first day of the draft, I don't want that to happen. But it would be kind of fun to uh, do a uh, three picks on Friday. It also would so be me- fun to wait that long and then they trade out. Oh, no. No. I still have flashbacks to when they, they traded back for Jackson Carmen. No offense to Jackson Carmen, but um, that really bummed me out. I was bummed out before that because Landon Dickerson went the pick before and that was my guy. Somebody, the Eagles traded up to get him too. I was like, oh, yeah, It's questionable. Questionable, questionable pick. Uh, Marco says, which positions are the Bengals most likely to double dip on next week? Uh, I think that goes with the class somewhat. Like what's deep in the class? Running backs deep. You can see that tight ends pretty deep on these day three types. 
So I could see that. And corner is corner and wide receiver are deep, but wide receiver is so shallow up top. I don't think they double dip there. I could see a double dip at corner. The ones I keep thinking of are running back and tight end, though. Just two two position groups that you could really make a committee out of, and you could do it in this draft if it hits right. We'll go to Jeff. He says, if the Bengals draft seven players and they don't address one of the following positions, offensive tackle, tight end, running back, rank your area of concern. Um, well, I, I honestly don't know if they draft a tackle. Like, I just don't. Dewan Jones at 60 is the one I keep thinking really could happen. But other than that, I keep coming back to in my mind of like, if, if Jones isn't there at 60, I don't think the value will be there at 28. And I don't think they're going to reach for somebody at 28. And then it's not a good tackle class after that. It's this is pretty well documented at this point, at least at scouts. They're saying this offensive line class is one of the worst they've seen. And that just is what it is. I, I heard um, friend of the show, Duke Mayweather, on uh, the Trench Warfare podcast. This was months ago. And this is what keyed me in at the very beginning. He said a team that he talked to, they had, I think it was six draftable guards, not six day one guards, day two guards, draftable. That's so low. That's that's nothing. I mean, and that's why I know they're kind of dealing with this situation with Jonah Williams, but that's why this free agency getting Orlando Brown was absolutely huge. Uh, because they were going, they needed a left tackle after the season, and they thought about the future. And you at least have him for four more year, four years, and you can focus in on finding that right tackle position going into. If you don't get it done this draft, you'll get it done next year, and then you'll just have to fill the void of either it's maybe Lyle. I still don't think he's going to be ready for the season. Jackson Carmen could be out there, and if Jonah Williams is on the roster, Jonah Williams is an option at right tackle. So that's why that free agency move just feels absolutely huge when you think about this offensive line class in 2023. Uh, Boxy says, do you see a surprising move in the draft that the Bengals never go through, that maybe they never they never do, or a move that they, they do in the NFL draft? In my mind, that's a trade-up, right? Yeah, trade-up. Cam Taylor Britt, but that was in you know that was in the second round last year. They did trade up to get him. Yeah, have they ever traded up in the first round? That Oops. I don't. I, uh, Bengals Twitter will let us know if we're wrong, but I do not think so, or at least I remember of them trading up in the first round. I don't see it, but man, I think the way that works is if Jonah's included in the trade, and then you move up that way. So that's the yeah. way I could see it happening, but I don't think they'll just send a first and a fourth to move up four spots so that they can get Kalijah Cansey. Like, man, that sounds cool, but this team loves making all their picks. What do you think about it? I think with only having seven picks, and we talked about how important it is to really just hit on this draft because not a lot of teams hit on it. And, and it's and it's big for this defensive side of the ball where you need to save money with these offensive contracts. So I think trading up in the first round would be – that would be extremely surprising. And I just don't see it happening. I, I think the realistic view of that is they don't draft it all on Thursday night and they trade out to the second round. Um, I just don't 
I don't see it. I mean, even if they find the trade partner for Jonah, um, I actually want to get to Bengals party next because you did say what can the Bengals realistically expect to get to the trade comp for for Jonah Williams? And is it going to be something where you can even move up in the first round or you get that team's first round pick and they get yours and then maybe you get a fifth? I don't I mean, what that what does that look like if you're trading with someone on draft weekend for Jonah Williams? Yeah, my first thought is Jonah Williams trade value is probably if you're going to meet what the Bengals are expecting and what other teams are sending, probably a third, late third, maybe an early fourth. And where that has value would be, that's essentially what you trade when you move up a few spots, right? So that's what I think the Jonah Williams trade could be is just swap. That's too far. But my first thought was 19 with the Bucks. It's probably too far for just a pick in Jonah and then swap. So maybe you swap somewhere else too, but that's an example of, and maybe somebody trades down. The Colts trade all the way down. And then they trade down more because there's whatever. They still have guys they like. And then you trade up to 24. I don't know. Is that the Vikings pick? Maybe the Vikings traded up for Will Levis or something. And then you could trade down again with the Colts. So the Colts double trade down. Um, that could be in play. So many ways to go about that to find an exact one. I don't know. But. I think that's what the Jonah Williams trade could look like because I don't think a team's just going to send their third round pick for Jonah Williams, but it does sound a little more appetizing if you're just, well, we're moving down in the draft, we're keeping all our picks, and we add this guy that might be able to start for us at left tackle. And that team, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because they picked up the fifth year option when it comes to the guaranteed money. The team that trades for him has to pay him $12 million. Can the Bengals pick up any of that compensation? I believe so. I think they can choose to pay so much. Will they know? <laughs> I don't see yeah, that happening at all. You know what you want to? You're going to pay the twelve million dollars. Yeah, that, that would be the whole value in trading him is saving the twelve that's, something million. That's the only thing that I feel like, and twelve million is not a whole lot for an offensive lineman these days. But twelve million for someone who is right around. I hate when I'm trying to describe Jonah Williams. Average below average below-ish we'll put that, him right there somewhere in that median line who's gonna does somebody want to pick up 12 million dollars and give you a draft pick and take on 12 million dollars for light, left tackle that you don't you don't really even know if it's gonna work out or or it's a good option for one year i mean are there te- i would say offensive line is still a problem in the nfl but can you think of teams that are like yep i need a left tackle badly right now i'm gonna pay 12 million dollars to cincinnati it's hard because you're probably looking for like uh more of a contender too right and like the Bucks and Colts aren't contenders. <laughs> Maybe they can convince themselves. Maybe the Bucks are convinced Baker Mayfield is it. They want to protect him, and probably not. We saw the deal. <laughs> so like it, it, that's the hard part. Is I can find some teams that could use him, but they're bad for a reason. It's not like they're a left tackle away. So. Maybe your trade compensation for Jonah Williams comes in camp if a guy gets hurt. We're going to say all of this. We're going to break down Jonah Williams for like two more months and then he'll end up being the starter uh, in September, which I'm totally fine with. If Jonah Williams can be an okay That is preferred for me right now, I think, out of all the guys. Yeah, I I hope he's out there starting and and he's a part of this offensive line. Um, But at the moment, he isn't, and the front office is being pretty quiet about it, which I don't blame him. Uh, Taylor, we're going to get to you really quickly. This is bringing some Lorenzo Neal vibes. He says, give me one good reason why the Bengals shouldn't draft a fullback in the later rounds. No, I'm all about it. Go ahead. Uh, One good reason they shouldn't. I guess you could draft a punter instead. 
<laughs> they need one of those. They don't use fullbacks enough. I think would be your actual reason. But if you draft one, you'd probably use them, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember Pecco and um, Sam Hubbard maybe once or yeah, twice. Yeah. Exactly. On goal line situations, but I'm all Marvin, for it. Yeah. Marvin Hugh, they liked using a fun fullback idea. Yeah. Brian, so, Brian Leonard yeah. was kind of a fullback. Yeah, he was leaping Leonard. He made I think that, was his that one, yeah, because that one play and seared into everybody's memory. <laughs> You're 2009. So right. 2009, baby. <laughs> if I would just put Brian Leonard out on Twitter, people would reply with Bleeping Leonard. They would probably get the photo of that one moment. Oh my God. I forgot. I found the funniest, maybe not the funniest, but one of the funniest uh, highlight cutups. It was Brian Leonard. And it was set to, uh, I think it was Creed's My Sacrifice. And they ran out of clips. So there were just images of Brian Leonard at one point. I tweeted it out when I found it, but it was probably like midnight or something when I was on YouTube. It's like, YouTube knows what I'm after here. <laughs> this is hilarious. It, it was just, it was just, there was, it was the Windows media player, like slideshow effects too. Like mm -hmm. the picture like crumples away and a new one comes in. It was so <laughs> funny. It was so funny to me. Okay, so if anybody's listening right now, we need a Brian Leonard highlight to the Creed soundtrack on the whole, Twitter. The whole, album. <laughs> the whole album. Finally, a good use of Twitter Blue, a 40-minute Brian Leonard highlight yeah. reel. If you have a blue check mark, this is your homework going into Friday. We need that clip on social media tomorrow, the Leaping Leonard, tomorrow, and then I'm all for it. Wow. Tomorrow, you have, no you have a couple hours. How are they even going to find Brian Leonard clips? Twitter, Twitter's good. You're Twitter right. podcast right. listeners, if they're listening to this podcast, they're really smart. So I know that they can get it figured out. So that's your homework. If you're listening and you have Twitter blue, you're going to be able to create this video. And if you don't get it done now, just by next Thursday before the draft. Give it to us content. at least in the off season for content. Yeah, I should I shouldn't say tomorrow. You're right. Give give us some time. But there's plenty more. There's plenty of questions I want to get to them in our next segment on it's always game day in Cincinnati. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thank you so much for sending your questions. Make sure you're following Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Brian Crane says, what about grabbing a sliding linebacker in the second to take Logan's spot in two years? Love both players, but next year you got to save some money. Yeah, I could see it. It's not likely. I'll tell you how likely I think this is. I haven't watched a single linebacker. <laughs> Ivan Peace. Sure, they've met with him. That is not a Logan Wilson replacement, I don't think, unless he really no. unless he really impresses you. That's it's probably an Akeem Davis Gaither replacement of just like a guy you could try to Swiss Army knife. He can blitz, he can he's athletic. He's local, so the visits were free. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I'm into that, but that's probably day three, right? I haven't looked too much into his draft stock right now, but it feels like a fourth rounder. For some reason, and, and I, someone actually uh, sent me a message about this. They said, why why did they put this as a top 30 visit for Ivan and the Bengals? And I don't know if it was just a mistaken because it was lo a local visit. Uh, but obviously, I don't I don't think that's a top 30 visit for this team. I agree with you. I think that's going to be a final day, maybe a, a fourth round. Uh, I'd be a little surprised third round, but hey, 
anything could happen on draft day. Once you get past first first round, all bets off. Uh, you know, anybody could go. Roberto Aguayo went in the second round. Let's all remember. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Kicker. <laughs> Matt. You got cut after a year. He wasn't good. Do you have the glasses? Uh, no, you're thinking of um, Rigoberto. No, that's the I punter. Am. That's the punter. That he is a punter, uh, but I think I'm thinking that. Who was the goggles? Hopefully it comes to me. <laughs> we'll move on to Matt. He says, how would you feel about Xavier Hutchinson in round three and eventually replacing Tyler Boyd with him? Uh, that That's interesting to me. Rodrigo Blankenship, I looked it up. Okay. They had Rodrigo Blankenship and, and Rigoberto Sanchez at the same time. And that See? did mess with me a little bit, the R name. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I haven't watched him, but the measurables really match up as Tyler Boyd. I think if they are going to take a guy, it's going to be somebody who's bigger, six foot plus, 200 pounds plus, and he fits that. Uh, inside, outside versatility, at least the ability to play inside, he fits that. And it's probably day three. He fits that. Maybe late day two. I could see round three. And that, that's what he said, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, I could see that. I think I think it's a, a tiny bit rich, but it's also the Bengals and wide receiver. They love wide receivers. So, like, what I think might be a tiny bit rich for them is probably perfectly fine for <laughs> what they think. They're like, yeah, that's great. Uh, I don't think it's rich for Hutchinson. I think it's rich for what they need right now. But also, you're not drafting for needs. So, if he's BPA, take him. Uh, my guy, Jonathan Mingo, if he was there at 92, I'd be about it, even though I think he's projected a fourth, fifth round guy. I did see that Peter Schraker mock where he goes at like 27. That's a little early. That's a little early. In the Bills? <laughs> uh, no, it was the Saints. It was a weird trade thing. It was it was a whole oh. whole deal. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm in. I, I, we have to be a little bit realistic about what they might do with Boyd. I'm I'm okay if they extend him, as long as it's probably yeah. not going to break the bank or stop them from extending T. Higgins. But where I am with that is probably you, you want to look to the future and you want to talk about team that can draft and develop wide receivers. Other than John Ross, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and it just feels like a third round pick for them this year mm -hmm. because and especially going cheaper that route I, I, I guess i'm all for if they could extend tyler boyd but if you do get the higgins extension done and you do get the jamar chase extension done the following year if you're going cheaper in the wide receiver room and you got a guy for four more years then i'm all about that uh we'll go to eric he says what are the players in this draft from any round that are going to help us beat the chiefs in the afc championship game and get back to the super bowl here's the thing having your offensive line healthy in the afc championship game would have helped them beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that was a it was a it was a brutal start for Cincinnati's offense. It wasn't their best game of the season, so that's why they struggled in that. I I think you we've talked about this before. We talked about it on Tuesday's podcast when it comes to cornerback in the secondary. I'm really leaning into that cornerback at 28 right now because maybe that helps you in January when you're in the playoffs and your secondary needs some help or you have an injury in the secondary and you have Cheeto who you're going to be moving on from. So I think that's the route you want to take because you can look at what the Chiefs did in the draft last year. Guys that were able to step up for them rookies on their defensive side of the ball and that was absolutely huge. So I'm actually kind of going more cornerback at 28 now and I think that's what could help them in the long run. Yeah. Uh I think it's the best long-term value. The best short-term value is probably going to be tight end at 28, right? 
you think a guy that's probably going to start year one corner, probably not starting year one without an injury, but they've had injuries like every single year at corner. It would be funny. This, well, I don't want to say, well, I guess it would be funny because this would be no injuries, no injuries at corner for the first time. And they draft a guy in the first round. I'm all about it. Yeah. This is a great corner group that, you know, if they stay healthy all year, that is what you want. But it would be kind of funny they drive it, that kind of happened at safety this past year. Although I think Bell and Bates they've been pretty, pretty uh, safe, not not injured at all the past couple seasons. So that that wasn't like a one time thing. The Bengals have had corner injuries, and that's why you can never have enough corners. It's just it's a physical, it's a demanding position, and it's hard to find replacement level talent. Really, I hope Cheeto has one of his best seasons in the league next year, mm-hmm. this this upcoming season. I hope that he just goes and gets himself paid. Uh, and, they, and they even draft that rookie at 28. I, I'm all about it. If you can have healthy secondary, that's going to be extremely important um, for how long an NFL regular season is. I do want to get to this from T-Bone. He says, if Bijan Robinson falls to the 19-20 range, what are the odds that gives them to move up and maybe – go grab Bijan because they don't really know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon. I've thought about this because if you look at other teams and their reaction to the running back and the valuable, the value of that position, they freak out when you hear from a team that's picking at 20 or 15, like, no, 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 don't go running back. But if Bijan gets to about 20 or 21, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, is that a bad move to move up to 21 or do you just stay put if you're going to get a running back in the first round? Um. The analytics people will all give that an F. I think they will hate that with the burning passion. That is their nightmare, is trading up for a running back. It's hard enough to convince them that getting a top five talent at 28 is a good thing. Uh, so trading up for it, that's really good. they're really going to hate it. But it's I wouldn't hate it. I, I, that's where I am on it. It's just if he's the last guy in your – mid first round bucket because he takes a half tier bump because he's a running back. And now you've got a mid first rather than top 10. If he's the last guy in that bucket and it's pick 19 and the Buccaneers are on the clock and they're like, we're not interested. We want, we want who knows at but we can't take him here. 28. That's an okay spot. And we need a left tackle full circle. Right. If you could trade Jonah Williams and your first round pick swap with the Buccaneers, maybe you have to send something else. Hey, maybe you send Joe Mixon too. Uh, not could the- you imagine if Jonah and Joe Mixon the it finally was full circle and they were traded together? Traded together, Twitter would have a meltdown. Oh my goodness, I never thought about it. Yeah, now so that might be too much money for the Bucks to take on. <laughs> That's a lot. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's just if you could find a way to. Trade Jonah, move up to 19, take Bijan. I am not against that. I just think he's such a talented player. He fits the offense like a glove. And he excels in all three facets of playing running back. He's a runner, he's a receiver, and he can pass protect. I keep coming back to that because that is just something you don't see from these five-star running backs. They don't pass protect. They've never learned to pass protect in their life. You know what they did in high school? They ran the ball every single down. We had a four-star running back at my high school. You know what he did? He didn't pass protect. He learned how to pass protect in college. But uh, when he was in high school, he didn't pass protect. That man was getting the ball 35 times, 40 times a game, (laughs) depending how many times he needed it, maybe 20. I mean, he averaged like 14 yards a carry because he was a four-star recruit in Northeast Ohio. But uh, 
you know, he, he got the ball. Like every time he was on the field, he got the ball and they'd bring other people in if they wanted to throw the ball or they'd run a screen. Well, I would, I would, you said analytics would kill it. And I agree with you. We would hear from analytics being like, what are the Cincinnati Bengals doing? They, they shouldn't do that. That's terrible. Why are you getting into running back there? But then like two days after the draft, there's going to be all those graphics over on PFF saying, who's going to stop this offense? <laughs> PFF <laughs> will kill it on draft night. And then the next day they'll promote it. And, you know, they're playing both sides. So they always come out on top. 100%. No, I'd be all for it. Look, you you need, you need still need help. Running back is a question mark. We don't know what it's going to look like. Jacob says, I'm going to give this one to you because DJ Reader is the guy. Chances DJ Reader gets extended. My heart says 100. Uh, my brain says probably more like 20. I don't think it's too likely. Even though I keep coming up i keep promoting why they should that they can all these other things but when i rack my brain it's 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 the meh, probably won't happen and that makes me really sad that makes me really really sad i don't really want to think about life without dj reader on this team so we're not going to uh, I say 100%. James says, uh, James Rapine, friend of the show. Why do you run a 6.2 40-yard dash? And the image you use gave me PTSD from being in junior high and having those, like, ankle braces during, like, middle school basketball. I don't I don't like those. Why did you post that picture? Because uh, we're going to play one-on-one basketball. I'm going to smoke him, and I just want to make sure he's not reporting on the Bengals from a wheelchair. So wear the ankle braces just in case – you know, I make a move and your ankle, you know, it's going to bust. But hey, that's what the support's for. Uh, yeah, not, I don't think I run a 6-2. I've never run a timed 40, though. But uh, if I ever had to run one, I'm, I've already watched one YouTube video on how to do it. I'm just going to grind out the technical process of how to run the 40. And maybe I'm really like a 5-2 type, but I'm going to get that down to 4-9, 5 flat, Maybe I'm like a six flat guy. I don't know. I have no idea what I run. <laughs> That's my biggest issue. It's like, I got no clue. I got no clue what I run. Never ran in high school. Never ran track. Uh, so it's probably not great. But in my mind, because I've never been told I'm not, I think five, five flat is my goal. And that's probably too fast. Okay. So we'll tie it into Skyline. You'll come here. You're going to do the 40-yard dash. If you don't hit five flat, oh, you have to, to- – you have 60 seconds to eat as many Skyline Oof. hot dogs as you possibly can. Wow. How do I how do I pay for that? Do I just buy like 12? <laughs> well, I feel like we could work something out with Skyline. I feel like they, <laughs> they could, you know, they could probably send us some conies for you to do that. I think that this definitely should happen. It would really tie into Bengals. They're the new chili sponsor. You're running the 40. You're right. You're um, right. So stay tuned. That'll definitely happen. You better do it before training camp starts. I will be. Can- uh, I will be in town. Uh, <gasps> Memorial, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to Kings Kings Island. You won't find me there. I assume it's going to be packed, and that was a terrible idea to go on. on- Jamar Chase is going to be there. Oh, fine. real Jamar Chase or fake Jamar Chase? <laughs> I can't believe that guy did that. The fake one. The fake, the fake one. one. Yeah, fake Jamar Chase. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, I will be waiting in lines that day, but I will be there the whole weekend. And uh, look, you're you're a, a true fan. You're 45 minutes in the podcast. 
plan on going hanging out at the Ryan Guys Brewery for a while on Saturday. Yeah. And hey, you live OTR. We could both meet some people. I don't know if you'll be there. It's a busy weekend. I I will be in town during oh. Memorial Day weekend and I'll take the streetcar to Ryan Guys because oh. I live in yeah, like you mentioned, I live in OTR. I live in OTR. So yeah, I oh. that would be awesome. You should make it a a Bengals not to put a lot of pressure on you because you're you have a weekend and only being in town for so long, a little meetup. Yeah. No, I was thinking that and I I tweeted it out for a second and I was like, it's draft season. This is going to get washed over and nobody cares right now. So I'll tweet it closer to the date. Uh, that- oh my goodness. No, but you could tweet whatever you want. Guys, tell Mike yeah. uh, he should be in Cincinnati for it. Go to Ryan guys. More information coming. I have all these plans for you, for your, for your, your. I've been to Ryan guys Bengals. once. It looked so cool. I didn't get to do much. It is really cool. Uh, oh. Going in May is a really good decision because when you go in June or July, it's, it's so hot. It was hot um, when we went in like, uh, it was a hot day though, but we went in, yeah. I think September and it was like 90 degrees out and I was like, Ooh, it's a real warehouse. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's a great time though. And OTR is just a great spot because there's just different places to go, but that's awesome. And Memorial Day will be here before you know it. And I know you've been busy. I was talking about like Bengals meetup, but you were really busy working with Joe Goodberry, James Rapine, and you guys put together a really cool draft board. Yeah. And I think it puts a lot of work into behind the minds of the guys who who really invest into these prospects. And I, I say it all the time on social media. There's some really great follows. If you guys go to Joe Goodberry's uh, Twitter account, I'm sure uh, Mike has it on his, but, but make sure you go check that out and uh, tell us a little more about that and, and what you guys put together last night. So the, this wasn't well, this was a long process. I think you're talking about the the board. I really just put in my film grades, and it gets factored into the grade that's given out. I use this thing more as like a risk profile than I do a true ranking because it's got like Derek Hall at ten. Derek Hall is a fringe first round, second round pick, so I wouldn't take him over Jalen Carter, even if the board says that. But it tells me that. If Derek Hall's there at 60, you should feel good about that. Like that's a risk. Like he's not, he shouldn't be a risky pick. Forbes actually ends up five on that. And that's what actually moved me from I wouldn't like this pick at 28 to all right. Well, I've got a second round grade on this guy, but the board is telling me like this is really safe. This is this is a safe prospect. So I should bump that up a little bit. And I'm still like early second. I would prefer a trade down, but that's me. Everybody else is saying first round is cool. And yeah, I'll probably get there. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of film grades in there. Everybody I've watched, everybody Joe Goodberry's watched, uh, draft guy, Jared has some stuff in there. Frequent Mm -hmm. asking us when draft time is, he's got some trench players in there. Uh, Jake Lisko has like six grades in there on, uh, the few tight ends he's watched and then everything else. it, It uses a formula of like your athleticism, your production, your film grades from us, your film grades from the consensus, and then spits out a number. And I don't think you should use that as the Bible, but I think it works as a good risk profile and a tool, a tool to use, of, especially when you're thinking of day three guys, like you start going through there and you're like, okay, well, what day three guys really grade out well in this? Because it's a lot of what are supposed to be sticky statistics. Uh, so yeah, check it out. It, it's cool. We, uh, we did have our, uh, yesterday I went on his, show on youtube and there were like six of us doing uh a big board for the Bengals, which is also cool so you can check mm-hmm. that out as well and then we don't need to talk about how i probably don't have an article tomorrow 
So, okay, we don't have an article, but you have really great work. Make sure you go check it out, All Bengals. You can uh, check it out on Mike's Twitter page, Bengals underscore Sands. Just really great stuff to get you to draft week. I'm so pumped to finally talk about it next week. Uh, we will have a guest on Tuesday show, and then we will talk everything 20th pick for the Bengals next Thursday night. So thank you for listening, to It's always game day in Cincinnati.